Today, turn our focus to the big business of sports. We talk to the man in charge of a major sports governing body on the eve of its international championship event, an event that draws big crowds, huge TV numbers, and the best competitors and most desirable marketers and sponsors. So with the U.S. Open only days away, we welcome the Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer of the United States Tennis Association, the USTA, to all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. I'm talking to Gordon Smith. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Well, Gordon, we've walked some of the same ground. We both uh, spent a lot of time in Georgia. How did you get to Georgia? Did you were you born there? I, I was born and raised in Georgia. Uh, I'm a University of Georgia boy, and spent 30 years practicing law in Atlanta until I saw the light and became a tennis executive. Yeah, that's good. So, and was that the transition for you in terms of becoming the CEO? You were already on the board, and it was just kind of a natural thing. Well, I grew up playing tennis as yeah. a kid. Well, you played in college, right? Yeah, and fell in love with the game. Have loved it all my life volunteered, became on the board of the USTA, and this job opened up, and I was crazy enough to apply, and they were crazy enough to hire me. Yeah, that's great. Well, you must be doing something right, because you're there, and you're doing a super job, and you guys are returning unbelievable crowds, and you're, as I saw, the purse that's coming up this next year is one of the biggest. It's over, what, 10, 15% growth over last year? Yeah, uh, we're very proud to be one of the highest paying uh, sporting events in the world. Uh, we will be, uh, by 2017, we'll be at $50 million total prize money. Well, this year alone, it's $42.3 million. That's a 10.5% increase over 2014. That's big. I mean, that's that's the men's and women's singles champions will have the largest payout in U.S. Open history. Well, in tennis history, actually. Tennis history. Well, but that's that's big. Oh, but that, in, oh, in the whole thing. Right. Oh, well, okay. Thanks for correcting me. That's good. That's awesome. So what, why is that? Are we seeing a resurgence of tennis? I think we really are, and if you look at the top players, uh, we've been we've been in a golden age of tennis on the men's and the women's side. You Seri- think right now it is? I mean, when because you and I are similar ages, you know, maybe you might be just a few years older than me, but when the mid seventies. I would say was a golden period for U.S. tennis. It, it clearly was. Uh, Connors, McEnroe, uh, uh, so on and so forth, Borg, no no question about it. But how do you even think about uh, being better than Federer, Nadal, yeah. uh, Djokovic? And look at the women's side. Oh, Serena, Serena Williams is making history. She's huge. She's making history. Is there anybody else besides her? Well, you know, Maria Sharapova is a great fan favorite, and I think she's lost to Serena, I think, 17 straight wow. times now. Yeah. So, look, Serena's great. It, she's great uh, for American tennis. She's great for tennis. And for the first time in a generation, 35 years, we have Serena Williams going for a calendar Grand Slam. It's historic. Yeah, that is big. I mean, you can get one thing is have the big Grand Slam, but to have it across the board, that's even bigger. What well, do you do you think this has moved beyond the US and it's more I would always think of of tennis as being kind of a US game and not so much a global game. And now I think it's more of a global a game. Global I think there's, there's no question. What happened in tennis is the East, East, when Eastern Europe broke out of the Soviet Union, uh, they discovered tennis and other games. And when the Eastern Bloc, uh, Russia started getting into Asia, is now very much into tennis. Kena Shikori is number five or six in the world from Japan. So it's clearly a worldwide game now. Although we're, ha- we're going to be seeing a real resurgence of American tennis in the pro ranks. 
thanks. Well, I'm going to talk to you about the growth of the facilities that you're building and things you're doing out here um, in New York, but also down in Florida. But before we get to that, you, you've got how does the business of the U.S. Tennis Association work? Is it members that drive the organization primarily? So we have about 700,000 members uh, of the USTA, but that's just the ones that play in USTA programs. We're not just about membership. We're about growing tennis at the grassroots level. We're about someone who never becomes a member of the USTA. And what we do is we use the profits from the US Open and we invest them through our 17 sectional associations into the grassroots. Into the, the kid, junior tennis? Is it junior tennis? Or? It's junior tennis, but mm -hmm. it's not just junior tennis. It's getting kids six, seven, eight, nine years old into the game mm -hmm. so that in the future we'll have a great base from which to grow great champions. Is that a is that a strategic initiative in terms of like really, if you're looking at it like a real business, I would look at it about growing my business. That'd be my business development. You know, what's my channel look like for the future? And that's really about growing your channel, right? No question. We call it the, the youth imperative. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got to make the bottom of the pyramid wider. We've got to compete better with other youth sports, youth soccer, Little League, et cetera. Uh, and we have a great game. And we're doing that. And so we take our proceeds from the Open and from our membership programs, and we uh, invest those into the grassroots. So when, I, when I look at it as a business, is it men's or women's that dominates the, the tennis side of it? Well, you know, we treat them equally. They're I'm both sure you equally do, important but, to us. But right, right now, mm -hmm. we've got a, a, a large number of really good up-and-coming uh, women professionals. We're going to be very dominant on the women's side for a long time to come. On the men's side, we're a little, we're, it'll take a little longer, but we have a group of young 17- and 18-year-old boys. We had all four semifinalists at the French Open Juniors this year and three of the four semifinalists at the Wimbledon Juniors this year. So we've got some real up-and-coming uh, boys, and we've got some already successful women. So we've got a good future. Yeah, and, and when you look at the, 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 the kids' side, the junior side and younger side, you know, well below those 17-year-olds. Has that been growing for you or declining? It's been about staying the same, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we're investing in. We're gonna, we need to grow that. We need to get more kids into the game. It'll give us, first of all, having champions is great because yeah. it helps attract people to the it game. It always does. Anytime but, you got superstars, you you got people watching and yeah. tuning in, right? But, but our, our real goal is having more people play a healthy sport, enjoy it as a sport of a lifetime, and just be involved at the game. But creating champions is part of the plan to make that happen. Yeah. I, when I talk about success in business, I talk about conditions of satisfaction. So when you're reporting back to your board of directors and you're sitting with them, and I assume you meet on a fairly regular basis, right? Correct. All right, and those meetings always have a different kind of ten attention factor with them. I'm always as as always. Wh what are you reporting back on your scorecard? You know, I mean, what are the key? We just talked about the youth, right? And so that's got to be one of your key initiatives. And what else is your key well, initiative? Uh, growing the game is mm -hmm. very much a key initiative, and uh, keeping keeping professional tennis, the U.S. Open, mm -hmm. the Emirates Airline U.S. Open series, which we run throughout the summer leading up to the Open, uh, looking at all of the key performance indicators for the open sponsorship broadcast ticket sales so you're measuring all those kpis all all of yeah. those but it all sh leads to us to more people on tennis courts of all ages and so we're measuring that we're doing survey data and that's what we're looking at so you're you, the real bottom line is is the numbers for you on that side of it not so much what about the viewership of tennis are you concerned about that i mean i don't see a, a tennis 
channel yet. Yeah, you do. Oh, is there one? There so is now there you go. See now, I'm not a huge guy in sports. <laughs> I said and did a sports show the other day, and and I showed how what an idiot I was about sports. Although I've been, you know, when I was a CMO, I used to sponsor hundreds of millions of dollars worth of dollars in in a number of sports. So there is a tennis. There channel. is a tennis channel. It's uh, been around maybe ten years. It's, okay, it's I got to get out more often. It's very successful. We actually uh, are an investor in the tennis. Is channel. it on the ca- on the cable side? It's on the cable. Are side. you taking it to digital? Um, so it, it has it's already going to digital. Okay, no question about it. But between the tennis channel, uh, we've become a very important partner of ESPN. Uh, when they broadcast it, what I think it's like eighteen hundred hours of the U.S. Open. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and ESPN three, their digital offering, uh, you can find tennis on almost all the time. The beauty of tennis for digital broadcast and digital streaming partners is somewhere in the world most times of the day there's mm-hmm. a professional tennis match going live and so, so it's very very good for when, them so do you said you invested is that something that you co-own with someone uh the tennis channel mm-hmm. we're, we're a small investor yeah. in it uh but but we we want to be a who's part the of main it. backer behind um it? i there are several hedge funds that oh, are in it okay yeah. got it from that yeah. side of it yeah. and then what so when, when you look at competition who do you see as the c- competitor is it uh, is it soccer? I mean, when you look at sports, who is the competitor for you? Well, um, in the uh, you got to break it down into adult and junior. That, which o- I, on that the adult side, you know, h- how many games uh, do you play as an adult? You don't play football mm-hmm. after a certain period of time. You're probably not going to play basketball. Tennis is a game of a my 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 mother-in-law and father-in-law play tennis almost every single day down in Arizona when they go down for the sp- for the for the winter. Because I'm from South Dakota, and they're one of the snowbirds that go down there, and they play every single day. Well, it's it's it is truly in a their seventies, yeah. sport of the lifetime. So yeah. on the adult side, you know, it's it, that that's what we're about. On the junior side, we just we want more people to. You don't have to play tennis all the time. It doesn't have to be your only sport. But like a lot of technical games, you need to learn it when you're young. Yeah. So you can yeah. enjoy it more when you're an adult. Right. So uh, right now, we're really emphasizing getting more kids exposed to the game. And we've done a lot of things. Um, we never had a, a t-ball kind of a thing, but now we do. Mm-hmm. We've now changed the rules of tennis so that kids play on shorter courts, smaller rackets, low compression balls. And what used to be a hard game to learn is now a much easier game to learn. Kids can be rallying and having fun the first day they're out there. So we've really uh, transformed youth tennis, and we're drawing tremendous numbers of kids to try the game, and we think when they try it, that's all that'll matter. Okay, so I'm gonna circle back. So if I say adults, because I've always asked the drug questions, to me it seems like golf is your really Golf has got to be the one that you're really up against. Well, I, I actually don't agree with that. Okay, why? Because this I, is what I like. I like this. Because golf is a leisure activity and not a sport. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. And I, I say that with great respect to uh, yeah. my USGA. That, that's going to be my ad right there. My, I, I say I do say that with great respect yeah, sure. to my USGA friends, and I personally yeah. love to play golf. You guys could be in the same city here. But I, I want to compete with you know jogging and swimming and you know things that other adults are doing that are boring and tennis is fun it's social it's competitive is that is that because you've that, when you when you say it like that gordon because i'm a marketer and i'm listening to you give me this story and i'm laughing because hey well done okay you're a silver tongue devil so to speak well done which i give you credit for that is it you, are you seeing that as the is the is the real selling points or 
Yeah, well, yeah. Look, we, uh, I mean, you got to. Is there got to be some research, or you just feel that's in your gut? That's no, no, no. We're we're doing very well, and mm-hmm. we 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 do draw people, and we just need to expose adults to it. And by the way, you know, we talk we're talking about starting kids on shorter courts, yeah. and, and we're starting adults that way too who have never played before. Mm-hmm. So we're offering easier ways into the game to learn the game. We're offering one-day tournaments and half-day competitions. We're we're changing our products to match the market of today. It almost sounds like you have to kind of go and remind them again of how great it was. I mean, you know, my wife has been after me about doing the same thing, and it, it's almost as though you must you must need to remind people, remember what it was like, right? Well, there, there's a but lot, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot to that, and we do have to remind them. We, we've got a lot of leagues and cities now uh, we have leagues entitled things as sets mm-hmm. in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, sets and a nice play on words. Young adults. It's, be, uh, it's learn, good for the search terms. Yeah, young adults coming in and saying, hey, this is fun. This is social. Yeah. Uh, we have a collegiate program that's non-varsity. You know, and you look good when you when you dress in the tennis outfits, too. From so we have this, this uh, recreational uh, club program at th- hundreds of colleges now. And it, what could be better? It's co-ed tennis yeah. uh, with a, a keg of beer after you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does. We do need to remind people how much fun it is. Do you, on, on the kids' side, getting back to the competition, do you, it's, I don't see, is it, it's not soccer? Is it, is it, is it again, just almost like adults? You just have to expose them to the game? Yeah, now that we have a, a fun, easy, inexpensive way to start the game, it's just exposing people and getting them to, to pick up that first racket because there'll be a lot of kids like me, when they do it, they fall in love with the do you, game. Do you catch any, and I didn't see this in the research, but I'll ask the question about the inner city versus, you know, this is more of an upper crust kind of sport. It, it, I, don't, I don't see that at all. Do you, do you see that at all in terms of an argument that, that look, this isn't uh, this is an upper crust kind of sport? Not, a, not anymore. Not. In fact, w- look, all we're about is making this a game that mm-hmm. every kid in America will want to play, can afford to play, and have fun doing. And if they become a U.S. Open champion, great. If they just have fun and have a game for a lifetime, that's great too. Which is cool. Let me take a break. I got to, hey, tennis players run, 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 and I run too on Duncan. I like their espresso. Gordon, do you know who else likes espresso? Serena Williams uh, was feeling a little bit jet-lagged, if you remember, on a recent tournament, lost the first sets. She ordered an espresso and had it brought out mid-match. I thought that was great. She delivered to her course side, and, of course, she went on to win. I don't know if it was uh, I don't know if it was Duncan or not, but it was uh, everybody's drinking coffee. Are you you're a coffee drinker? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, what's, your, what's your favorite way of drinking coffee? I do. I, I have four shots of espresso before I leave home in the morning. I do, too. I, do you really? I really I do. do. I, I, did, I do the same thing. I stop, and I, I actually pick it up on the way, but I stop and get four shots of espresso, and that's what I start. And I usually like to do that in the mid-afternoon, too. I, I do it at my apartment before I walk out the door. Is that right? Yeah. Good for you. All right. That's good. So how are you, how are you attracting sponsors? Because you've got some, I mean, some massive sponsors. I mean, you got some good friends here. you got you got Chase. you got American Express, Emirates, you, you mentioned, J.P. Morgan, Citizen, IBM, uh, Mercedes-Benz is one of your And we can go on. I mean, there's a whole bunch of blue chip and, and really great sponsors. How are you attracting the sponsors? Well, we have a... Uh, we have a powerful engine. I mean, we hold the, the greatest tennis tournament in the world. It's pretty cool. I've in, been there. I've in, been there uh, a couple times. We hold it in New York every year at the same time. Uh, the Knicks may not be great one year. The Yankees may not make the Yankees may not make the World Series. Right. But you know, yeah. the best tennis in the world will be in New York the week before and the yeah. week after Labor Day every year. 
We uh, are broadcast in over 200 countries. Uh, we generate about $700 million of economic impact in the tri-state area alone. So we're a, an engine that that is unmatchable in the market, and we, I think, have the, the best group of sponsors that you could possibly it, have. We're very, very proud of And you do of a that. good job. I will, I will tell you, Gordon, you do a really good job of, of getting people involved in the entertainment. I mean, I've been out there as a guest in the New York Times, which is one of your sponsors. And Karen and the team there have just treated us like royalty. And then, of course, I run into my friend Donald Trump. I run into uh, Alec Baldwin, who is uh, – he's a – every time I go out to the U.S. Open, he is there. He's is a, he your unofficial mascot or something? He, he might as well be. He <laughs> loves tennis. He is so good to us. Does he, he play? Does he play? I don't think he plays tennis. I don't he? know that he plays. I, I've seen Alex the last couple of times. I, like me, he's, we put on a couple of pounds. But I think we, he and I both need to probably play a little bit more. Probably. But he's he's a, a great fan, yeah. and he is a, he treats us very well. Does a lot of things for us gratis. We just really, does him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you like people like that? Uh, he's great. Yes, you know, don't have their hand out, and they're just doing things for yeah. you. Yeah. So, um, in terms of. What do you, you've got? Let me let me ask you about how you run your the business again. Did you're, are you responsible then to report to a board of directors? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So talk to me about how that. Well, works. I, uh, I I'm the you executive mean, director. I'm the senior staff person. Okay. We have a president who is okay. a volunteer who changes every two years. I report to the president and to the board. Okay. And then you meet what a quarterly basis or something? We meet uh, probably a little more than quarterly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you you submit the budget, submit the submit program, the and then they oversee on the governance. They're really on the governance side. Yes, right? and we have a, we have a very talented, uh, a very sophisticated, and very active board. A lot of them were former professional players or have been involved in promoting the game. So I take a, a lot from the board. Uh, mm-hmm. They add tremendous value to what I do and help me do my job. Do you have term limits on the board? Uh, not really term limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a, a nominating committee that appoints the board every two years or that nominates the board every two years. Do um, do you need American do, – do, let me get back to this fan question. on Ameri- Do American fans need an American star in order to follow? Well, I think we've been lucky recently in that Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer and Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams uh, transcend borders. Uh, Serena's hugely popular internationally. Roger and Rafa are hugely – and Maria are hugely popular here. Yeah. I think – uh, that that way we've been lucky because while we haven't had as many great American champions, we've had those men and women. Uh, I think we're going to be coming to a day when they retire that we'll be looking towards American champions, and we have some good ones coming. But but you do need a little bit of that no in question. terms of about that. And you had talked earlier about the need for young men coming into it. Cause so I was in Atlanta last week where there was a tour event, and Andy Roddick uh, played doubles there, uh, and he's still a draw. And could we use five Andy Roddicks? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you love those guys. And, um, and you know, that's you've got the benefit of not having the problems that a lot of other sports have, too, in terms of those personalities. Uh, for the most part, what I'm talking about is the drugs and the other issues that really occur. You never see, it, or maybe I say it's very rare, you know, in the worldwide. Because I want to say it's not, it's not doesn't exist because it, it's like most things in life. There's always something out there, but you don't seem to have the issues that uh, the other sports have had. Well, uh, I will agree that we've been lucky. I think we have a, a very good group of professionals. I would also say that we have what I believe is the most r- rigorous 
uh, substance testing program in all of professional sports. Uh, so I think that contributes to the fact. Uh, we have a, a, a very aggressive uh, anti-gambling uh, program as well. So, mm-hmm. yes, we've been lucky, but, yes, we've worked hard. Yeah, but, you know, it's also one of those sports where it doesn't lend itself to that. You know what I mean? You, you play tennis, you relax, you enjoy yourself and so forth, as opposed to some of the other sports where you might hit the 19th hole. Right. <laughs> you right. know, and you imbibe a little too much, and you're smoking cigars and doing things that you maybe shouldn't be doing in your life, huh? Hey, let me ask you, what's new for the U.S. Open in 2015? We talked about the purses, the being over the top, uh, some of the sponsors, but what's really big for 2015? Because we're, you know, it's, it's right here. Well, we've just started this year a huge uh, strategic transformation of the entire facility. And it, when you come to the Open this year, you'll the first thing you'll see is 10 million pounds of steel erected over Arthur Ashe Stadium. You're putting a roof on it. So it's we're halfway there. It was a two-year project. So we've erected the superstructure this year. Uh, it's stunning looking. And then after the open, we'll put the cloth and but, put the movable panels. And for 2016, we won't ever have a, a rain out in Arthur Ashe Stadium Which again. will be unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and, and is there going to be any disruption at all? With, I mean, so, that's a, for, with that much construction, people would say, oh, my gosh, getting around, there's going to be a problem. Well, if you look at all this gray hair I have, you'll know that I got a lot of it this winter, <laughs> uh, which wasn't a very good weather winter. And right. uh, we, uh, you know, we got through everything we needed to get through. And right now, we're just cleaning up the site. And it's honestly, looking good. I want you to call me after you go this year and I'll tell go. me if you could tell a difference because I think it's going to look just about as good as. I'll it's do ever that, and I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet it out to everybody. Perfect. You know, a lot of folks think getting out there it's a hassle. It's really not. Oh, it's, are you it's, it's no. It's a real. It's a real easy thing to do. Yeah. And uh, great facility. Easy. They drop you off, walk right there. It's you know you're there. So you take a taxi, Uber, seven train. Yeah, yeah. Nothing could be L I R R. There are yeah. all kinds of ways. There's to a get lot there. of different ways to get out there. So besides, and then but you're not just the retractable roof. You're adding on a lot more other courts, right? So we we are we're building a new grandstand court, which will, again won't be ready till 16, but it's under construction. Eventually, we'll tear down our number two stadium, Louis Armstrong. Okay. Rebuild that into a second roofed stadium. Our goal is in 2018, after all of this construction's done, we're going to have the best sports venue in New York and the best tennis facility in the world. How That's many? Is it going to give you more seats? So we'll have uh, uh, Ash will remain the same. Mm-hmm. We'll probably increase uh, Louis Armstrong from 10,000 to 14,000. Grandstand will go from 6,000 to 10,000. So we'll be able to add on average 10,000 more fans a day to the site. Which is fabulous yeah. to be able to get that many more people because yeah. it's a real draw here. Yeah, so we, we bring 700,000 people through the turnstiles every year. What's the economic impact? You mentioned that earlier, but it's it's got to be into the hundreds of millions, right? 700 million a, yeah. uh, a year. That's Which is phenomenal to be able yeah. to see that. You know, it's, uh, the turnover, and when, you pe- when people think about that, that's the travel in, the meals, the, the hotels, everything else that's occurring that's part of it. The, the, the social functions that go on, there's a great deal of social functions that go on. And as I, I said earlier, you know, because I'm all business, it's all the business that happens. Business gets done at the U.S. Open. Indeed. Yeah, you know, we're in those suites, and we're not messing around. We're doing that. People, they're inviting us. You know, when I get invited by the New York Times, and I was a chief marketing officer back then, but even now, when we get invited, people are wanting us to spend money and that's what they're using they're using those those venues those rooms um, the suites or seats you know either one as closing venues as a place to close business no question I mean uh, if there's one place that everybody wants to go it's to the US Open and so if you really want want to meet with somebody and you really want it and you're having trouble getting getting them to meet with you 
invite them to the open. Oh, it's come. a yeah, it's they'll go. Okay, it's a good one. It's a great ticket, and two, it's just a it's a lot of fun and a good looking crowd. So hey, I want to I want to get on to talking about some more growth that you got. Before I do that, I want to talk about Liberty Tax. All businesses proud to have the support of Liberty Tax Service. Look to Liberty to get your taxes done, and for a great franchise opportunity, Liberty Tax, where the mission statement is: set the standard, improve each day, and have some fun. Find out more at libertytax.com. All right, and now I want to talk to you about other changes because you've got the U.S. Open. We're here in New York. We've always known you've been in New York, but what's going on in Orlando? Ah, so as I said, uh, our mission of the USTA is not to put on the best tennis tournament in the world, although we do. (laughs) That's just a good byproduct. Nicely done. I like the way you work, by the way. Our mission is to promote and develop the growth of tennis. Now, right now, we do that from a glass building in Westchester County, which is a fine place. Yep. But if you're going to grow the game and you're going to have a facility to do that, Westchester County is probably not You want to go where the weather is. So we're building a facility <laughs> outside of Orlando uh, in Lake Nona, Florida. Mm-hmm. We're going to call it the USTA National Campus. And we're going to have all of our player development where we'll be developing the great new champions of the future. We'll be teaching professionals how to, how to better develop the game. We'll be holding events down there. It'll be the, the best place in the world to grow the game of tennis at the grassroots It's almost level. like building like U.S. Olympic facilities down it, in Colorado. I mean, that's the best way I could describe I, it. Right? I think you've hit it exactly right. It'll be a 102-court facility, uh, and it will... Uh, it will really give new energy to the game. We have in dormitories and stuff there. So well? we'll have dormitories for young, uh, for kids who camps, are on the way camps up. We'll be running camps constantly. Mm-hmm. We'll have all kinds of events down there. We'll have Davis Cup and Fed Cup and professional tournaments. But the, the, a big part of it will be uh, teaching a new generation of tennis professionals and coaches and grassroots organizers how to do it and, and how to continue to grow the game. Who's the brainiac that sits back and thinks of this stuff? Well, these things come up. I mean, we, we had thought about uh, maybe we ought to have a facility where, where it's good weather. And one thing led to another, and it turns out we're very attractive to municipalities. Uh-huh. Uh, I was going to ask you about tax credits and things uh, so like that. You had to get a few of those, right? We've had a wonderful opportunity, and the people, uh, the group that we are doing this was called the Tavistock Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they own Lake Nona. It's a 7,000-acre development. Right. But the city of Orlando and the county uh, in Orange County have been hugely supportive. Did they and, did they approach you or you approached them? Um, we approached them first, mm-hmm. uh, but they, they took the ball and ran with it immediately. And it's been, uh, I mean, a truly a partnership, uh, and it's been a great experience. So, but to do things like this, when you're running a, a you know, a multi-million dollar operation, you know, I don't know your full budget, but it's it's way it's way up there, and is and as expansive as it is worldwide. But you know, for the U.S., but still got worldwide implications because what we do here has an impact around the world, as you said. Um, how do you organize it to do that? Because this isn't like I mean, you got enough to do during the rest of your day. Now you've got to also do this. Did you, so did you have a committee that you kind of formed with that and they came up with the idea and you put kind of a task force together with it? Or, or do, you, do you bring a, one of your key staff guys that has to, or gals that kind of handles this side of it? What? So we, we work 
very cross-functionally. Uh, we have a we have a hierarchy for reporting purposes. How many, about, how many people got on staff? About 350. Really? It's a good, it's a good size operation. Yeah. It's big. So we've got enough staff to do these things. I will tell you, they've killed themselves over the last year, just adding on the construction <laughs> at the tennis center and, and, and Lake Mona yeah. to their regular and, and, jobs. And the growth. And look, come on. And the growth of the purse and the growth of the sponsors and the growth of the association, that's pretty good. You're yeah, betting, it, you're, you had a pretty good report card. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing well. I've got, a, as I say, I've got a very uh, proactive and sophisticated board that really gives us a good great year for guidance. a bonus. You better be going for the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> they give you extra sleeve of tennis balls. Well, we tennis just balls, we huh? just we just got the bulldozers going down in Florida. We got a long yeah, way to go. Got a long ways to go. Yeah. yeah. How, how long is that going to take? Because that's a that's phenomenal. That's just how many acres is it? By Sixty-five way? acres. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I we'll own be, a lot of farmland in South Dakota. I know that's a lot of well, that's a lot of acres. It, it indeed was a cow pasture until recently. Is that really yeah. okay? Good. Well, that's, <laughs> but we'll be in and complete fourth quarter of next year are you kidding yeah. is it all going to be is it going to be hard court anyway uh, just hard court because nope. we play we're hard gonna, court we're going to yeah. have hard court uh red clay uh-huh. green clay some grass so indoors. we can take on those brits well you know we're not doing grass and and we look very closely yeah. it turns out and people have tried this you can't really make a, a grass court in florida in florida play like, it doesn't work like doesn't, a northern yeah. european yeah. grass court it just yeah. doesn't you'd have work. to build that up 20 feet high above the thing yeah, so, uh, just because it's so wet. So right? yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, it's just not worth the effort. But the red clay will help us a lot because one of the things we have to get better at is, is competing with the Europeans on red clay. Red clay, you got to ship that in from Georgia. It's sh- yeah. it's actually Come on. that's where we grow yeah, red but, clay. Right? But the red clay we need is coming from Italy. Is that right? Oh, that's, yeah. that's a, oh, it's designer clay. You know, honestly, uh, you, you know, we actually had to source. <laughs> do we want French clay? Do you want Italian? Are you clay? kidding me? No, no, no. You no, it's got to play right. I can imagine the meetings like looking at it. Touching it, feeling it. You have people like that to do that. They're, and they're serious about this dirt, right? No question. Yeah. That's like, it just always just blows my mind. You're going to have to ship in dirt from another place to be able to do it. Well, as long as we do it right, that's yeah. all that counts and wins. But you'll be done by fourth quarter of next year. So, yeah. a year, literally a year and a half. Uh, yes. From, from breaking ground to done. Uh, construction in Florida is a little different than construction in New York City. Yeah, it's a lot different. They just get stuff done there, which is kind of nice. They just bring it in. What? And they've got they've got a construction season all year long. All year so long. New York right. doesn't have that. This is going to be able to allow you. Are you going to? I mean, I'm going to ask you the question. With the investments you've made at the U.S. Open here, you're not moving that, right? Oh, never. Yeah, it's, never. It's, that's that's just staying. Yeah, we've got a 99-year lease. Yeah. Um, there is no place like New York. Yeah, and the U.S. Open is New York, and that's that's never it is. Change. It really is. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's good to hear you do that, and good to hear you make. By the, the way, change. we're investing half a billion dollars in the redo of this facility, so we're, we're yeah, planning got, on you staying. Got, yeah, you, you want to stay for a while at least to make it pay off, right? You got <laughs> you got to take it. Well, and then there's some tax advantages to that too, so it gives you some advantages all the way around. Okay, time for rapid fire, Gordon. So this is where you strap in, and I ask you a bunch of different questions. You know, this is it. We have a lot of com- people who compete. They they really like this. I, my producer, uh, John Lee, that we, we come up with these. We, we, we think through a couple of different uh, things to ask you and see if we can put you on the spot. So, you know, let's see how, let's see, see how we go. You ready? Sure. Okay. Clay, grass, or hard? 
Grass. Grass. You, you like to play on grass? Big serve and volley. That's all I know how to Is do. Is that right? You really like that. Did you ever play at Wimbledon? No, no. I no. was I was a decent college player. I'd love to have been a pro, but it wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Well, yeah, was there was there grass courses in, in Athens? A few, Not in Athens, yeah. but around the south there were a few. There, is that right? Yeah. I did. I don't know. I never yeah. knew that there, we, we had a lot of those. Very few left now, though. Yeah. Well, Athens. Boy, Athens, Georgia. You miss that every so often? I love Athens, Georgia. It's a great place. What a great you know? town. Yeah. As I said, uh, we were talking before we got on, and my mother used to live up in Hiawassee, and uh, family's still up there. So it's great. My brother still lives outside of Atlanta. All right. What do you have in common with TV personality Ryan Seacrest, the rock band the B-52s, Senator Saxby Chambliss, and nine-time pro quarterback Frank Tark- Fran Tarkington? What do you all have in common? I would say we all have the University of Georgia in yeah, common. Yeah, that was an easy one. I mean, we threw too many of them in there. <laughs> Way too many. I didn't know Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, I got you worried, didn't you? You're thinking, yeah. Well, he's thinking Listen. right off the bat, you're going, hey, we're both good looking, right? <laughs> I, that's, that's, that's what I thought. You, you sing, huh? Man, we had Carson Daly in here in our studio earlier, a few minutes ago. We share studios, for those that don't know. Okay, what does your alma mater have in common with Yale University? We're all Bulldogs. Parts of UGA campus were modeled after Yale, but mainly they both have a Bulldog as their mascot. Correct. I thought that was interesting. Hey, after tennis, your next favorite sport is? Uh, should I really say golf? Yeah, you got to say it. But you, it's not a sport. You said it wasn't a sport. <laughs> leisure you, activity. You said that was a leisure activity, so you got to give me a sport. What's a sport? Basketball. Do you like you? How, how tall are you? Well, I used to be 6'5", but I haven't measured lately. You, you look 6'6". Six, six. I mean, because I'm 6'3". You, you're a pretty tall guy. So did you ever play basketball? Played a, a little high school basketball. Yeah. yeah. Where at? What high school? I went to a little place called Darlington High School in Rome, Georgia. Rome, Georgia. Yeah. Huh? See, I went to Warner Robins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big football program, Warner big Robins. Big football program. Every school there is big, huge Warner Robins. All right. The strangest thing you ever saw in a tennis match was? Uh, I guess when uh, uh, Peng Shui um, got cramped a couple of years ago yeah. and they... And they let her keep playing. It was it was a pretty scary moment. Yeah, it's tough. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, you got to get out more often. That's the strangest thing. You've I can't ever think seen. of anything you, really strange. You got to come up with something. Hey, the PR person's over here with you. They come up with something more than that. Okay. They got a greatest achievement by any player at the U.S. Open. What do you think was? Um, uh, so I'm a Rod Laver fan. Yeah, I love so, Rod. Laver. So Rod Laver won. The, I met Rod Laver when I was younger. Rod Laver won the Calendar Grand Slam in 1962 before Open Tennis. Mm-hmm. He turned pro and missed the next five years of of Grand Slams. Missed 20 Grand Slams. Came back in 1969 in Open Tennis and won the Grand Slam again. Yeah. 62 and 69. Of course, both times the last win was at the U.S. Open. Uh, and I think that's the greatest achievement in tennis. Did you ever meet Arthur Ashe? I, I did have the opportunity to meet Arthur Ashe, yeah. yeah. I met him once when I was about, I guess, 12 or 14, somewhere in that age. Yeah, honestly, he, he is maybe my greatest tennis nicest hero. Nicest guy, at least. At least I, you know, I don't know him real personally, but when I met him, he was the nicest guy I ever met. You know, well, just, so, you know, just a nice gentleman. You ask me, I mean, one of the things I'm proudest of of the USDA in tennis is our tennis center is named after two, not just sports yeah. icons, but yeah. societal icons. Arthur Ashe Stadium and Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King, come on, so, awesome. So. Did you did you remember, do you remember that match? What was, who was with that guy? What was that guy's name? Yeah, uh, uh, why are we drawing a blank here? Oh gosh, he was it? Billy Riggs. 
Who? Billy Riggs. Oh, yeah, Billy Riggs. Bobby Riggs. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs. Thanks a lot. Bobby Riggs. Billy Jean King. I remember watching that match. She kicked his ass. She did. She indeed. kicked his ass. And I that was a that was a fun moment in sports, I that thought. That was incredible. Remember that? that? That was so we need something like that again. I think you know you could see it right now? That UFC fighter, that gal. Yeah. I would not fight her for anything. I, if she came over and she wanted my lunch money, hey, you can have it. And she's she's tough. Did you see that this weekend? Think of all those people that played six, 60 bucks to watch that fight. And you could have watched it 30 seconds <laughs> on, the, on the Internet. Okay, youngest U.S. Open men's and women's championship champions. Who were they? Uh, Tracy Austin. Yes. Six, and, um, boy, out of the... Tracy Austin, 16 years, 8 months. John, this, Ma- John McEnroe? Nope. This this gentleman was 19 years and 1 month. And who would that be? Pete Sampras. Ah, oh, I should have known yeah, that. there you go. See? I'm embarrassed. Yeah, that's better. I like, we like that we get you. Okay? Okay, the U.S. Open this is the last one. This is a chance to redeem yourself. The U.S. Open used to be played at the West Side Tennis Club in Forest Hill. What Alfred Hitchcock film included a pivotal scene at the tennis match at Forest Hills? Um, something on a train. Yes, yes. I'm gonna come on. Da 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 night. Remember that song? Strangers, strangers on a train. Uh, strangers on a train. Hitchcock had a crew shoot background footage of the 1950s Davis Cup. There, great movie. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. That's we dig that stuff up. I love this. Okay, <laughs> Gordon, you've been great, and I want to give you uh, an, a plug. Whatever plug you want, shameless plug. You can do it for the Open. You can do it for U.S. Tennis Association. You can do it for anything you'd like to. What would you like to plug? So, uh, if you've never been to the U.S. Open come to the U.S. Open. We have ground passes. We have activities on all kinds of courts. You don't have to pay a lot of money to buy an expensive seat and come enjoy enjoy the Open. On the second Thursday of the Open this year, it's a two-week tournament. On the second Thursday, from 12 o'clock on, we're going to open the grounds. Really? And we're going to have the McEnroe brothers playing exhibition doubles. We're going to have the Bryan brothers playing. Wow. We're going to have fun, and it's going to be open to anybody in New York uh, that wants to come. Uh, you got to go. So if, you, if you're looking for a great thing, in fact, it's a great two weeks that, that you're doing that over. I think a total of two weeks, right, that you do it. And you want to make sure you come to New York. Get a chance. This is a great time. I'm telling you, I've been there numerous times. And you know what? It's a it's a good time to come to New York anyway because a lot of people are out of New York at that time because some people do go on vacation. But those that aren't on vacation are out at the U.S. Open. Hey, Gordon, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It was great. Cheers. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortinet. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, after every single show, I like to do what I learn from the interview. And of course, we were talking to Gordon Smith, the executive director and the chief operating officer of the United States Tennis Association. You know, tennis is back up on a surge. And what they're doing is thinking about the future, thinking way ahead. They have to grow a market. And they're thinking about their market 15 or 20 years from now. And so what they're doing is investing and spending time with what they call business development. That is, they're building 
building a channel. They're building a network of future tennis players, and they're going very young, but they're also looking at the various stages along the way and going back after some of those people like myself and others who are much older and reminding them of what it's like to play tennis back when you used to play tennis. And so not so much that it's a sport, because it certainly is a sport, but the fun that you had when you played it. And that's reminding you it's not that tough and you can go out and play it and enjoy yourself. And he really stuck to the message and I thought that was what I learned. So think about your business as you're building your business about building the future customers, laying the groundwork to get those future customers in your door and reminding those people that might have done business with you before, hey, come back. So you've been talking with Jeffrey Hazlett. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on Play.it. Don't forget, tell your friends and tune in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.